0: Here's where the
2: fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world.
0: The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the void be
1: better. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm joined by Amanda, as always. We are very excited because it has just been a Star Wars-filled week around the world, celebrating May the 4th and the release of the newest show on Disney+, Plus, The Bad Batch. Very exciting stuff there, Amanda. I know you can't wait to talk about it, either.
0: Oh, I'm just jumping.
1: (laughs) Super excited to talk about that. We are also going to have a guest on the show, my cousin Dan, who's been a lifelong Star Wars fan with me as well, will be joining us here momentarily. And he'll be talking about his May the 4th as well as his thoughts on the Bad Batch as well. We do have one piece of news, Uh, unfortunately, with the way things are going. uh, You know, some of these older Star Wars people who have been in the films, the Star Wars talent, um, some of them are getting up there in age. And the first one of the year, at least to my knowledge, uh, we lost just uh, a couple weeks ago. His name is Felix Silla, who I had the privilege of meeting one time at a convention. Very nice guy. He was the Ewok in Return of the Jedi that was on the hang glider um, that gets shot down. He passed away recently and, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with his friends and family so uh he is one with the force now and and as always um you know our sympathies go out but let's go ahead and begin our discussion on happier things uh and we'll begin with may the 4th and dan welcome on to the
2: show thank you for having me
1: so obviously this is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Uh, May is huge. Always, every year, not only do we have uh, many of the films, right, the original six films were released in May, Solo was released in May, and of course uh, we have May the 4th, uh, and then George Lucas's birthday is in May, uh, so lots of really cool things. Star Wars all over in May and now we have the release of The Bad Batch. But let's talk a little bit about what we did on May the 4th with it being such a huge day for Star Wars fans. So, Dan, how was your May the 4th? What were you up to?
2: My May the 4th was uh, probably a lot different than most people. Um, I actually spent most of my May the 4th at the beach now that I live in California. uh, My roommate and I haven't had really... We're new roommates, so we haven't had a lot of time together to actually spend uh, because our schedules are way off. But yesterday uh, we both had the day off and uh, we really wanted to go to the beach and it was a great day for the beach. And um, so we went to the beach and uh, on our way there, we blasted a lot of uh, Star Wars music from the PfeifferCon celebration playlist that I put together for you a couple years ago. And, of course, there's a lot of, like, rap songs from MC Chris, um, rock music of the themes from Galactic Empire, parodies, music from the films, dubstep, all that stuff. So we jammed out pretty hard yesterday um, on our way to the beach and at the beach and even on our way back. Um, We stopped at a place for a little happy hour that – Brittany um, mentioned to me and there was actually a guy sitting uh, kind of next to us who recognized my Star Wars attire and he was like um, reminiscing on when he went to go see Star Wars. He grew up in East Ohio and then when he was out here he had seen uh, Return of the Jedi so that was really cool to be uh, someone recognized that it was made the 4th. Even though he had no Star Wars stuff on, It. It was. he was very um, happy to share his little story with me. And uh, then I came back to the house, or to the apartment, and did, uh, did my little DJ set. For those of you listening who have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, when quarantine started, I started a whole DJ page of... Uh, for people to listen to some music and kind of feel like they have a Friday and Saturday night again. And, uh, I kind of continued on even today. And, uh, I only do it on special occasions and May the 4th was definitely a special occasion. And, uh, you and Amanda joined and a bunch of other people joined. So it was very, um, it was a blast, um, just playing a bunch of Star Wars music. And then we made, uh, Han Solo and Carbonite Waffles right before watching the Simpsons special and uh, playing some Battlefront 2 with you, Eric. And uh, then, of course, I, I watched half of Bad Batch last night and the second half this morning because it was getting kind of late. Um, but the best part, I think, about my May the 4th was finding out that my roommate has a extra ticket for star wars celebration so now i don't have to go looking for a ticket when the time comes i already have a connection to do that and what better day to find out that news than on may the 4th it's almost like it was the will of the force
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah i mean It sounds like you had a really good day. It sounds like you had a a Star Wars-filled day. Um, I mean, being, being out where you are geographically in California, that's, you know, going to the beach would be something that I feel like you'd love to do. You know, who doesn't like going to the beach? So get some rest and relaxation out there and then finish up with Bad Batch and video games and yummy food. That sounds like pretty good to me.
2: Absolutely. It was a great
1: day. Yeah. Now, Amanda, you and I spent some time uh, doing a bunch of different things. And I guess I'll I'll let you kind of uh, give your the most exciting things for you on May the 4th. And then I'll kind of I'll kind of chime in after that.
0: Oh, let's see. We started off the day with some not so light shopping. Uh, (laughs) which I think is pretty typical for us for May the 4th. Um, We went and we found some really cool t-shirts at a couple of our favorite stores. Um, Went to the Disney store. We got a bunch of those blind boxes for the keys. Um, They had a bunch of special edition May the 4th keys in blind boxes. And when you went through them all, you got to find, um, the mystery key which was a Wicket key and we were super stoked to get not one but two wicked keys so i would say that was a pretty good haul uh and then we came back we watched um the star wars biomes and what was the other one
1: it's called star wars vehicles fly through
0: Star Wars vehicles fly through. So we got to sit down and watch both of those. And it was super exciting that um, Disney Plus kind of surprise released two super beautiful, um, basically just like visual pieces of art uh, for us to watch. And um, also the uh, music arrangements were absolutely stunning for both of those. Um, And then I made my way over to the kitchen opened up the Galaxy's Edge cookbook, and I made us some Ronto wraps.
2: Yeah, they were really good. Based on your social media posts, Amanda, those look very good.
0: (laughs) They were delicious. And it's not just like the meat and stuff that you make. You also have to make the wrappers for them. So it's like uh, making some flatbreads and stuff. And it was so freaking good.
1: Yeah, and it's a little different than the ones that you get at the parks, right? I mean, it's the ones you get at the parks. It's like a, it's like it's like almost like a hot dog with coleslaw or something in there with a wrap, mm-hmm. and then they have a breakfast one. But this one we use chorizo and guacamole and pork,
0: pork. Um, tomato puree went in it. There was some brown sugar in there. Um, I went ahead and added a. Liberal amount of chili powder and paprika to give it a little kick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very good. I would definitely eat those again. So,
0: every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that. And thank you again for for slaving away in the kitchen. I mean, that was a process. It's not like it was you know just throw it together in in half an hour. I mean, you were you were working on it for a good few hours.
0: Yeah, that one's not like a one and done type of thing. Because once you make the dough for the um, the wrappers, you have to let that sit and rise for an hour, and then got to make all of the individual like. I guess the flatbreads and then all the filling after that. And the uh, the flatbreads are a little too high maintenance to let kind of go on their own while you put anything else together. So it did take a little bit longer, but it was well worth it. And I can't think of a better way to spend Star Wars Day than eating Galaxy's Edge food because, you know, that's my favorite part of the parks is the food. So I'll take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love eating. So I think it worked out for everybody. <laughs> so...
0: Sure it, was, it,
1: it was a lot of fun, I think, uh, you know, with, with a lot of the merchandise out there. For me personally, I felt like there was not a lot of marketing for the merchandise this year. Like, mm-hmm. like it just seemed like everything was going to be online, and I had to go searching the day of, on May the 4th, for like, oh, what does this place have? What does this place have? Like, you know, a lot of times in the past, they'd be like, on May the 4th, Target will have this, and... Shop Disney, we'll have this. Disney Store, we'll have this. And people are racing around all over to try and get them. Granted, it could still be, you know, a, a COVID situation where they don't want to be driving too many people to the stores. I don't know. Um, That's
0: but it's, what I was thinking.
1: Yeah. It just, seemed, it just seemed a little bit less, like, exciting to be out and about and more exciting to be sitting on your computer trying to figure out where all the stuff is, you know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I think our our biggest and most exciting purchase yesterday, uh, today is Revenge of the Fifth that we're recording this, Um, and we ordered the the Leia and Reforged Skywalker Legacy Sabers from uh, Shop Disney, and they come in a collectible box. Only 3,000 of them were made. And when you open the box, uh, it starts playing John Williams' music, and the two lightsabers are in the wraps that, that Rey wraps them in at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, uh, right before she you know buries them. Um, and so that's really cool. So it was, it was fairly expensive, but I'm excited that we are finally going to get Leia's Legacy Saber. And then uh, we also put down our deposit for the Ahsoka Tano premium format figure from Sideshow. Which I'm very excited about as well. So definitely, uh, definitely hurting in in the wallet a little bit, but <laughs> um, you know, as a Star Wars collector and May the Fourth, it's kind of a kind of a rough combo right there.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be living in a matchbox and eating ramen for the next cute couple months, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> it's all part of the as experience. Long as you have your Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. We'll have
0: our Star Wars to keep us warm. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that was a good time, and then we finished out the day uh, with Fanboys, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I I love just the the characters created by Kyle Newman and uh, that whole thing. I, I love that, and then of course lots of video games and and things like that as well. So definitely a great time. Uh, definitely loved tuning into to your DJ set, Dan. That was that's always fun. Uh, it's the second year in a row that we've done that, and just kind of a good way to finish out. Finish out the day celebrating Star Wars. So, hopefully, you guys had some fun experiences on May the Fourth, and we'd love to know what you guys did. If you have anything fun and exciting that that you guys did on May the Fourth, definitely leave it in the comments. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a message. Did you get anything fun? What was your favorite thing that you picked up on May the Fourth? We'd love to hear about it. So, so definitely let us know. <laughs> Alright guys, let's go ahead and move into our discussion on The Bad Batch. Now this was announced a decent amount of time ago. I don't know exactly what day they announced this, but I feel like for a while now we've been anticipating The Bad Batch. We got to see the characters a little bit in the first four episodes of The Clone Wars Season 7 to kind of introduce us to these characters. Wrecker, Hunter, Tech and crosshair are the members of the bad batch that we got and then of course uh, we find that echo is still alive at the end of the clone Wars season seven and he is now part of the group as well so that's very exciting now without going into too much detail uh dan we'll start with you just kind of your overall thoughts on the premiere Episode one of season one of the Bad Batch titled Aftermath. What'd you think?
2: I really enjoyed the Bad Batch. It really, it was really a fun story that um, didn't think that we necessarily needed, but is always uh, interesting to see. There actually was some things in there that really made me think like, oh, we don't see this part of... The Star Wars world, although we know about this happening, but we don't necessarily see this part of what was going on, if that makes any sense. Again, I'm trying not to spoil anything here, but it it, it was a really interesting story. I think it had a lot of um, heart into it. It had a lot of a lot of obstacles for this group. A lot of disagreements, a lot of, um, of course, a lot of action. You can't have a, a Bad Batch or a Clone Wars without action. And it had a very interesting ending. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect it to be a 74-minute thing, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. It it was very, very fun, very interesting. Um, kind of sad at times yep. very very well done uh shout out to everybody working on that shout out to dave feloni shout out to dave collins who uh, made a post about him being um super involved with the um sound development and sound design on this particular project and i'm very happy for him uh to have that accomplishment under his belt
1: amanda what do you think
0: Oh, I thought it was just fantastic. Um, I think I most enjoyed that we are getting this brand new character, Omega, who I, in the last podcast, accidentally thought was a boy. She is not. She's wonderful. Um, And I was actually talking with my friend Teresa this morning a little bit about the character of Omega and how her um, starting point as far as like maturity, how she speaks, age group is very similar to Ahsoka's at the beginning of the Clone Wars. So I'm wondering if she's going to have that same kind of um, story arc and character growth in that way where we really get to see her grow up and grow up with her with the story. So I'm I'm really excited to see where they take all of this. I can't wait to get a little bit more on the dynamic of all of the Bad Batch characters and where everyone ends up.
1: It seems like across the board, everyone has enjoyed The Bad Batch, the first episode of The Bad Batch. And I was looking on social media and I saw that there was an article that was posted that The Bad Batch had a perfect rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel like is crazy. Um, I mean, I don't I don't remember anything Star Wars getting a perfect rating. I don't even know if the Mandalorian did. Maybe it did. I don't. I don't know. Um, but I'm very excited to see where this story goes. Now, of course, uh, we are going to be talking about details of the show on this episode. So uh, we will be talking about spoilers. If you have not seen the episode, this is your warning. Turn back now. But guys, this this started off with a bang, and and I don't know about you. I had seen some memes and some people making posts and things like that about, um, I think it said, like, the Bad Batch. And then it had that crossed out. And then it said, like, Clone Wars Season 8. And I was like, ha, that's, <laughs> that's funny. But, but then it does feel like that. Like, I don't know if you guys felt yeah. the same way, too, but they, they literally had the Clone Wars logo as one of the first things you see. And then it like gets erased or like like the Bad Batch logo comes through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And actually, that was really poignant for me um, with the starting frame of that, because you get the Clone Wars music, you get the Clone Wars emblem, and then you see it literally start burning away like someone's holding matches to it behind it and the Bad Batch logo coming forward and just the embers kind of floating across it after the Clone Wars uh, burned off. It was really it was really awesome. And I think that that's definitely going to be some foreshadowing just with how they did that opening um for what place bad batch is going to take after the clone wars.
1: Yeah, and to me, I I don't know what I was expecting. I guess when I saw the trailers, I was watching and enjoying it, and I was like, oh, you know, this looks kind of like the Clone Wars. But every time Lucasfilm Animation does a new show, right, they had the Clone Wars, and then they had Rebels, and they had Resistance. The animation was different in every single one of those. And I guess in my mind, I was just thinking, oh, this is the Bad Batch. This is going to be different animation or something like that. It's a different show. But then again, they had introduced these characters with the same animation that they had used in Clone Wars. So it only makes sense that they continue on with these characters using the same animation. Um, so I guess from, from that point, it does make sense that the animation was the same. Of course, you know, there's technology improves and, and you can definitely tell just by the way that they film it. And I don't know, Dan, you're, you're more of a film guy than any of us on this podcast right now, but like the characters in the foreground are clear and the characters in the background are blurry. I'm sure there's a word for that, but, um, They do that here in animation, like it's something that you see a lot in live action shows and and, in movies. But I love how they did that. And they did that with resistance as well. And so they're bringing actual filming techniques into animation. And I think I think it looks great.
2: Yeah, I think it looks wonderful. Um, It's funny because I'm actually going through the Clone Wars with my buddy Adam because I've been telling him for years, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. And he hits me up and says, I need more Star Wars content. I'm just like, well, I think now's the time for you to get into Clone Wars. And he was mentioning how... Um, the difference between even season one and two, like he, he, he kind of forgets that it's an animation and that it's like, he feels like he's watching a movie with how they do these shows. It's really incredible. They really do give you this feeling like, you know, you're not watching an animation. This is like a film, like, you know, movie type quality stuff that we're seeing, the different camera angles, keeping things in the background out of focus, um, just the way that they do things it's it's really well done I, and i really enjoy the style and characteristics that they use in this show um props to dave feloni of course because he's just amazing and love the guy
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely i feel like a lot of people put dave on this pedestal now you know of 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 the new george lucas he's the new george lucas and i i think Uh, Many of us can agree with that. But guys, I mean, if this didn't already sort of set the tone with the Clone Wars logo kind of burning away into the Bad Batch and the animation style from the trailers and everything, just kind of kicking it off, if that didn't give you goosebumps, the fact that Tom Kane started off this episode just like he did with the Clone Wars, I mean, it's like, oh my goodness. Like, I was not expecting that either. I mean, they weren't kidding when they had that little Clone Wars Season 8 meme online. I mean, this this definitely has the feel of Clone Wars. And now, with so many people getting into the Clone Wars because of The Mandalorian, to learn more about Death Watch, to learn more about the Darksaber and Bo-Katan, I think this is a fantastic way to pull more audiences in because this is a continuation of the Clone Wars. I'm very excited to see what happens and I you know with everything going on with Tom Kane him having a stroke um you know obviously our, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family uh, I don't know exactly when this uh bad batch intro was recorded I can only assume it was prior to his stroke but I I loved that we got Tom Kane in this
2: yeah I actually had that written down in my notes that Tom Kane's voice just really kind of warmed my heart and made me really think about him, but also very happy to hear his voice. A new narration from Tom Kane, it was just um, I mean, Eric, you and I have conversed with him many times and he's done so many voiceovers for Fight uh, and he's just such a nice guy, such a talented guy and uh, I'm still thinking of Tom Kane and praying for him that he gets through this. And But it was so great and refreshing and, and happy to to hear his voice in the beginning of this, of this clip.
0: It was really special getting that moment with Tom Kane. And it means a lot more knowing that we might not get to hear it again for a little while um, as he's on the mend. So I think that was just a beautiful moment um, for the long-term fans to get that.
1: Yep, absolutely, and they didn't stop there, right? I mean, I I think any good show, any good story, any good novel, anything like that, you have to have a hook, right? You have to have a hook to get people engaged, to get people into it. I think not only Tom Kane, the Clone Wars logo burning away, Those are great hooks, but in addition to that, if you watch Star Wars Rebels, as soon as they mention Depa Bilaba, and you, you know, Depa Bilaba's apprentice was Kanan Jarrus, as soon as they're like, oh yeah, General Bilaba is on the planet Caller, uh, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be bad, because you can tell that the Clone Order 66 hasn't happened yet, and you know from Kanan interacting with the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels that the last words or the last word that his master had told him was to run when Order 66 happened. And so here we have Dupa, we have Kanan show up. At this point, he's just called Caleb. And then you have the clones. And I'm just thinking, this is going to be bad. You know, this is going to be terrible. And I I don't know about you guys, um, but I put this post out the other day, and I was like, who do you guys think? What are some bold predictions ...of who you guys think could be in The Bad Batch. And and my choices were Darth Vader, Barris Offee, Kanan Jarrus, and Cad Bane. And I was surprised that we got Kanan in the first episode here. I don't know, that might be it for him to kind of just bring us in. But I was super excited to see him. We we got to see him very briefly with Deppa in Clone Wars Season 7... ...in parts that overlapped with Episode 3... Uh, which was very cool to see, and then of course, uh, and of course, Freddie Prince Jr. reprised the role uh, as Caleb's voice. So, what did you guys think of the whole Canaan depa Order Sixty Six thing?
0: Oh, for me, that was really hard to watch. I don't know about you, Eric, but it was really upsetting to see the trauma that kind of started all of Canaan's. Um, you know, major growth cycles um, later on throughout Rebels. That It was it was hard to watch the actual catalyst for all of that. Um, it was a little bit weird hearing a grown man's voice come out of a kid. Not going to lie. Yeah. That was a little... That, <laughs> I love that they kept Freddie Prince, but a couple of times I'm like, that. that's like a man's voice and that's a kid. That's weird. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you could tell he was trying to make his voice sound younger, though. Or maybe they yeah. did some crazy technology. I mean, it still sounded, it still sounded like he was a grown man, but I could tell that they tried to make him sound younger.
0: Yeah. It was just a little, um, like it took you out of the moment a couple of times, like, wait, <laughs> hello, sir. Um, but that <laughs> it was a little hard to watch though. Watching Deppa go, watching her, um, final words, telling him to run, um, seeing the beginning of Order 66 beginning to affect Crosshair and the beginning of the dissonance between him and Hunter, as Hunter is trying to, you know, help Caleb, um, Caleb Kanan, whichever, and, um, Crosshair is like effectively trying to murder him. So it, it was a hard scene.
2: Yeah, it was a. Uh... It's very interesting to see all that happening because, you know, when we see Order 66 in Episode 3 and in the Clone Wars, it's all just clones trying to kill uh, Jedi, and then you see the Bad badge and these guys are not. So it's interesting to see this confrontation where Hunter is kind of like, you know, come with me, like, I'm here to help you, I'm not here to hurt you. When you don't see any of that any other time and uh, kind of seeing his like came and struggled with do I he's pretty set on not going with him but for a second you know for like a split second he he's kind of thinking maybe you know maybe he is okay but obviously we see what happens that he kind of just jumps across the cliff and you know disappears into the wilderness but that scene Oddly enough, I don't know if it did for you guys, but kind of reminded me of the Vader and Luke scene in in Empire Strikes Back where Luke's hanging on for dear life and Vader's kinda like, come with me is the only way. You know, same with kind of Hunter putting his hand out and and uh Kanan resisting. Not exact I don't think there's any obviously similarity to, you know, that particular, you know, I don't think there's a correlation, but it kind of felt it just brought me back to that particular scene. and but yeah, it was very sad to watch you know his master die and and to see that kind of um, unfold. I always think when when I see the, uh, order 66 scenes, it always kind of, for some reason, it makes me feel like it it's 9 eleven, kind of like the whole surprise attack, unexpected. And it's 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 one of those things where in the galaxy years later people ask like oh where were you when Order sixty six happened? It's just a, such a such a sad and heartbreaking moment for not just the Jedi but the galaxy, but especially for the Jedi. And um, yeah, that scene was very very uh, interesting to watch. And it's I mean I'm kind of glad that they added it into the into the show to see that. But, um, you know, yeah, very, kind of hard to watch sometimes.
1: Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, like you guys were both saying, it's sad. It's hard to watch you. You know, you don't want to watch someone get gunned down, especially knowing Kane in the way that we know him and how much that particular event, um, you know, shaped who he becomes. And shaped how he reacts to the clones that Kanan comes across in Rebels. You know, I mean, it's a it's a direct correlation there. But I have to say that the way that that was shot, I mean, if you guys, there's one distinct scene. It's a frame that I feel like um, is one of the most beautiful things in the whole first episode. It's Depa Bilaba in the background, and in the foreground, it's Kanan. But he's turning around to look at his master, being surrounded by the clones. But Kanan is blurry, and the background is in focus. And I just love the way that that looked. I think it was beautifully shot, beautifully done. Um, and there, you know, there are there are so many frames like that in all of Star Wars. And I think this this show is continuing to impress in that way. But let's talk about these characters. Let's talk about the Bad Batch. So they are genetically defective clones. So since the beginning, they, they've been different. They've been modified with these special abilities. Strength, smarts, the sharpshooter ability, and tracking ability. All that in these clones, uh, they have special special abilities, and, and that makes them a little bit different. Um, there's only five genetically defective clones now and we come to find out that Omega is the fifth one because Echo is a reg, a regular clone Um, but let's kind of just talk about the dynamic of all of these characters in the Bad Batch uh, as far as our main clones and Omega we know that Crosshair is having some issues right now, Uh, we know that he his his chip is the only one out of the whole Bad Batch that uh, seemed to be at least a little active, and then they essentially intensified its ability. So what do you guys think about the whole Bad Batch dynamic and what happened with Crosshair?
0: I think that it was upsetting watching... That happened to Crosshair and watching the breakdown of his relationship with the group and um, with his ability to function as a member of the group. And at, at one point coming to know that more likely than not, he's betrayed them more than once by the end of the episode um, and called attention to the fact that they have not um, reacted to Order 66 so that's a little upsetting. Um, there was a really poignant moment with Omega and crosshair when they were all locked up where, um, you know, he was sitting there, he was brooding, he was angry. And she said, I know you're angry. Um, and essentially just kind of, you know, told him that she hopes he doesn't do what she thinks he's going to do, but she also knows that it's not his fault and he can't control it. Um, and I think that was, you know, a moment that's going to speak to the character development down the road for both of those characters. So it was hard um, watching that breakdown. But it was also really neat getting to see a little bit more of the Bad Batch in action before everything kind of went all wonky. What do you think, Daniel?
2: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said. And, you know, Crosshair it's interesting because crosshair a lot of the times kept saying good soldiers follow orders. And that was a repeated phrase throughout this episode as is at the end of uh, season seven of clone wars. And it just kept making me think like crosshair is not going to be convinced otherwise. Like this is, you know, literally engraved into his brain. And as we see that, um, Admiral Tarkin intensifies that and makes him, you know, super Order 66 and uh, goes, you know, starts shooting at his own, you know, brothers. And it's it's a very interesting dynamic with these characters because they really all are different in their own way, as is a lot of regular clones that we see uh, throughout the Clone Wars series. But these guys are obviously very special in their own way and I really admire Hunter you know standing up for what what is right and what he believes is right and not just going by what someone tells him to do you know he really he thinks for himself because he can you know and it it's very interesting to see that because it just shows the clones potential to be good if none of them had a chip if none of them had a chip I mean, those clones would not be, not all of them at least, would be chanting during the Emperor's uh, special session of Congress. But they all Mm. were in sync. And then you hear, I don't remember if it was Hunter, or maybe it was Tech, that was like, oh, so, you know, forget exactly the line he says. But, oh, so you don't think that, you know, they're all in, in sync with this, basically. And it... It it just shows that, you know, these clone troopers do have the potential to be good and that if they weren't all chips, maybe they would all make the the right decision or the same decision that the Bad Batch was trying to do. And it's also interesting to see, you know, um, like a character like Wrecker, who is such a heavy hitter, like, yeah, I'm going to blow stuff up, have this. Lula doll that he has <laughs> and he's in love with this Lula doll and he's like you know he's you know smacking crosshair in the face with it multiple times and <laughs> um, you know there's just this, this you know funny light side to such a um, hardcore character and um, you know I think they, they all work together really well but then of course you know we see that when there's a division in in perspective it's very tough but you know they don't just they don't just try to kill crosshair right in the beginning they actually don't really try to kill him at all and you know even though they know that like he is not feeling the same way as as they are and then touching on omega with at such a young age being so brave to go on her own mission and and try to like find you know find out what's going on and um you know, feel in such a way. It shows such bravery, and that anybody at any age could could be a hero and make a difference. So, really good group of of uh, clones, and just again a g- great story.
1: Let's talk about yeah. o- Omega a little bit more because Omega is the fifth of the the last Bad Batch uh, of the f- of the only surviving genetically defective clones, if you will, and she uh, obviously is very different, right? All the other ones look very similar to the clones, very similar to, to Reg's. I mean, you can tell that the, the facial structure is a little bit different. Wrecker is obviously a lot bigger. Um, the voices all sound different, but of course it's all Dee Bradley Baker doing the voice of, mm-hmm. of each clone, uh, which, by the way, is extremely impressive, I mean, if you didn't if you didn't say anything or we didn't know, I mean, you would think that they were different voice actors. I mean, Wrecker and and Crosshair sound nothing alike, but you can tell that they're still clones. It's all D. Bradley Baker, very phenomenal yeah. job. But Omega, very very different, right? Um, the biggest difference being Omega is a female, and <laughs> um, that's obviously huge, but. All these other clones, all the members of the Bad Batch, they have special abilities, right? Wreckers strong, and and you guys know all the rest. But um, what is Omega's ability? It's not just the fact that she's a girl. At least I don't think so. I think she's got some, some other ability. Uh, I know, Amanda, you were kind of hypothesizing mm-hmm. on what you think uh, is so special about Omega. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. For me, watching this first episode, and um, I was paying a lot of attention to Omega, her character uh, is really interesting to me. I noticed a couple of things. She has um, a heightened sense of empathy for sure. She has an intuition. Um, She has the ability to empathize and understand what each character is going through on a different level. Um, And we saw that going back again to her conversation with Crosshair, but she also has this almost premonition type thing where she knows what's going to happen before it happens. So, you know, knowing what Crosshair was going to be doing um, in betraying his brothers. And then again, knowing that he was going to try and shoot hunter when he was rescuing wrecker and that he was going to turn around and try and shoot her again, uh, when she went and picked up the blaster and she has like deadly aim. So there's gotta be something, you know, almost sixth sensey going on about her.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And she's she's just a smart girl. And she, I think she gets a lot of her fight in being around the, um, cloning facility on Camino I think that kind of drives her to um, I think that's really what gives her like the fight because she's so surrounded by that and um, she obviously shows it in this in this episode that uh, you know she can she can do anything that she sets her mind to and just Strong will just doesn't give up and that's the kind of characters that we want to see especially you know with everything going on in the world that um, you, know, you should never give up even when situations are very very tough and uh, I think we're gonna see a lot more of that as the season continues
0: absolutely what do you think Eric?
1: um I do think that she's got some sort of heightened ability as far as um Maybe foresight, because like you were saying, Amanda, you know, she knew that Crosshair, like the Bad Bats were like, we're going to have to go look for Crosshair. And she's basically like, I don't think we're going to have to go far. And then Crosshair comes in, you know. Um, she was trying to warn Hunter about Tarkin and about his mission and not to come back to Camino and all that stuff. So I think she's got some sort of ability for foresight and for kind of understanding people's emotions, maybe. Um, it, it almost, to me, when I think about how I'm describing it, mm-hmm. it's like the force almost, but I don't think she has the force. I don't think she's like a force sensitive clone or anything like that. Um, watch, watch it be the case. Um, right. but, um, you know, she's never shot a blaster before and yet she is able to take the blaster out of Crosshair, who's an expert marksman. And it seems like she's very skilled in many different ways. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what her abilities are and if if they evolve at all uh, over the series. But I think she's a really interesting character. I love her voice. Uh, I don't know who voices Omega, but I love I love the voice. And if you tell me it's Dee Bradley Baker, I'm going to quit because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's not.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you one she's thing that's interesting. interesting. <laughs> I, well, one thing that was interesting that I saw... It's like yesterday or two days ago, Daniel Logan posted, um, I think, a picture of Omega and said, meet Omega. And I'm like, when I'm watching this, I'm like, this is a girl's voice. Is, is, is Daniel Logan doing a girl's voice in the show? I don't know, but it's, I just found it very interesting that Daniel Logan posted specifically Omega because usually when you have when when you have a part in something, you post your character on your social media. So I'm just saying I saw it and I have I have questions.
0: <laughs> like how on God's green earth did he manage to get his voice to sound like that? If that is him,
1: I'm looking it that up. Is, oh, okay. It. Well, I think everybody's wrong. It's not Daniel Logan. Okay. It's not it's not uh <laughs> it's not D. Bradley Baker. It's uh Michelle Ang. Michelle Ang. Michelle okay. Yeah.
0: No, so. she does a great job. And going back, Eric, to what you had been saying about force sensitivity, um, or it seems like the force, I was listening to you explaining her traits and stuff, and I'm like, huh. What if the Kaminoans, and I'm just spitballing here, but what if the Kaminoans were trying to create a Force-sensitive clone? And what if that is something that plays into later on the Mandalorian?
1: Yeah, it definitely could be because she's involved (laughs) in a lot of the medical stuff. You know, she stays close to Nala Se, she's... I think Nala Se, or I don't know who, refers to Omega as the medical assistant, but they refer to her as a medical assistant, and Nala Se says, you need to stay close to me. So I think there's a lot more to Omega than meets the eye. I think she's going to be a very pivotal character in the rest of the series.
2: And I think that if Omega is indeed a Force-sensitive clone, I have a big speculation that Palpatine may be behind that. I would not put that out of the question at all. And I think it's interesting, though, because if she is a legitimate clone, did she grow up not having a chip? And maybe that's why she has to be you know, watched at all times.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting very interesting thought when you you know you kind of mentioned Palpatine could be behind it. I mean, obviously Tarkin is in this one and he's got a very strong opinion on the fact that the cloning facility should be dismantled, no more clones to be produced and and things mm-hmm. like that. And to be honest, his his reasoning was kind of was kind of choppy to me, right? If you think about what Tarkin says in this he says oh well we could just get regular recruits for a fraction of the cost as these clones but then when he's doing the testing and trying to get the clones essentially killed the bad batch getting shot with live fire he basically like the lamassu or uh, yeah lamassu was like well if you do this then you're going to damage you could damage the clones and you could damage our facility he's like uh well you'll be you'll be compensated so it's like, okay, well, you're going to compensate for essentially damaging things with all the money that the Empire has, but you're worried that, you know, about money for, for the production of clones. Now, granted, it's probably it's probably apples and oranges, you know. I'm sure replacing a few things in a, in a cloning facility that got shot up by some droids is, is definitely not as big as of a, of a cost as, you know, producing an entire or continuing to produce an entire army. But still, I mean, Tarkin clearly knows something, and so it could be another thing that Palpatine is pulling the strings on, which wouldn't surprise me because he tends to do that. So we'll see. No,
2: not Palpatine.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so definitely a lot to a lot to digest, a lot to talk about. I did want to talk about one uh, other part here too. Uh, and that was essentially in the middle of the episode. We got to revisit the planet of Onderon, which was last seen in Season 5 of the Clone Wars in the first arc. And we got to see Saw Gerrera again. And I absolutely love how much they're bringing Saw Gerrera in. I mean, from the Clone Wars to Rogue One to Rebels to Jedi Fallen Order to so many different aspects of the story of Star Wars. Um, we now have him in the Bad Batch and... Because this isn't too long after the Clone Wars, we actually are getting the previous voice actor for Sagrera. His name is Andrew Kashino. Andrew Kashino, and um, I loved how you could tell they were trying to get him to sound like Force Whitaker Sagrera a little bit. You know, they were trying to blend the two voices to get him to to essentially kind of sound the same. So I thought that was pretty cool and, and uh, you know, it was interesting to see the clones again interacting with the rebels on Onderon.
0: Yeah, and I really liked um, that we got to see some character development from Saw from when we just left him before um, after everything had happened with his sister. And, you know, he ha- he was kind of a live wire when we left him. A little explosive, a little unpredictable, but he seems a lot more even, even with how he was dealing with the clones that were sent essentially to like kill his encampment. So I think that you know, we've seen some positive leadership growth in him, and he is still holding near and dear the lessons that he learned from his sister, Stila. So that was that was a really great thing to see.
2: Yeah, Saw is just a very such a complicated character because, you like, you love him, but you... I mean, this is just me personally. I, I kind of love him, but I kind of hate him. He just... Uh, he's just so... I don't know. I can't even, like, put a finger on him, but he's so, like... He's always... He's always mad. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like he's always mad. Yeah. I mean, he's always trying to kill somebody or he's trying to blame somebody. Um, but it, it is very cool to see him come back and... Um, Something I kind of wanted to jump back to, and sorry for switching subjects, but you were talking—we were talking about uh, Tarkin and the, the, uh, you know, the, the clones and trying to get recruits. As we know, eventually happens. I think it's re- that was one of the coolest things I think about this episode is seeing that because we hear about it multiple times and we think about it multiple times, like oh, they discontinued the clones and then they, you know, brought in recruits. Well, we kind of saw how that all went down. Him talking to. Uh, Lama Su about it and it's very interesting to see Lama Su be brought back into this world and kind of have a more um, a bigger role in in this story because when you think about it Lama Su is such a important character to this whole thing I mean you know the prime minister Camino, for goodness sakes like and in charge of this whole army and um it's interesting to see Llama get more, more screen time. And, and, and I, I kind of kept thinking, like, you know, where does Llama Su stand on this whole thing? Like, what's, you know, what's going on there? <laughs> like, I'm sure uh, Llama's trying to figure out what's, you know, what do I do? What am I going to get killed in this situation if I disobey, you know, Tarkin?
1: Yeah because we see in Rebels Tarkin's definitely no stranger to just being like, "Well, they screwed up. Let's kill them," you know. So, if right. you if you talk back to Tarkin, he'll just be like, "All right, let's uh let's take their head off." So, you know, it's definitely a sticky situation for for Lamasu for sure. Um so the end of this, I don't want to predict too much. I don't want to do any predictions because I feel like this episode will not be out before the next episode of The Bad Batch. I think the next episode of The Bad Batch is on Friday, May 7th, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we'll probably have another episode out uh, before this is out. So it's kind of pointless to, to hypothesize. But at the end of this episode, they say, J-19, uh, we know a guy, which kind of reminded me of like uh, Falcon from Marvel. Like, I know a guy, you know. But this guy, I mean, we don't know who they are, Um, we don't know where this is, Um, but I remember in Clone Wars Season, I think it was Season 2, Eeth Koth gets captured by General Grievous and Obi-Wan notices that he's giving hand signals in a transmission that Eeth Koth is giving and he says, Saleucamize Sector J-19. And so I'm thinking. Well, maybe they're going to sulukamai I don't know. I don't know if that means anything. Maybe Rex is there. Maybe he's not there. Uh, but it'll be it'll be interesting to find out. Um, so I guess what we'll do is we'll kind of finish this out with uh, with you guys, Amanda. We'll start with you. Final thoughts on the first episode titled "Aftermath" of the Bad Batch.
0: Absolutely freaking spectacular! I cannot wait for the rest of the season
2: yeah uh, pretty much what amanda said it's it was really good, and I'm anxious to see more of it and it's uh yeah it should be interesting and I was thinking the same thing about wondering what j nineteen is and where that is who who's you know who is this guy um but obviously Eric, you have a better memory than I do remembering hearing a j nineteen somewhere else um and I'm, yeah, I'm really anxious to see how they, you know, where what happens with these guys in the later episodes. And I do, uh, I do want to add that uh, one of my favorite parts of this episode was actually the very end. I believe it uh, actually, I'm, I'm watching it on silent right now, and it's about to happen. But um, I want to say it was Hunter comes up to Omega and says. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this. And that's when they go into hyperspace and that kind of made me think of every star Wars fan in the universe. Cause I think we all would love to really feel what, what does hyperspace feel like? Um, and also seeing it every time never gets old. There's just that adrenaline rush when you just kind of watch them go into hyperspace. It's just a cool, cool thing to see. And, um, I definitely felt like I wanted to be Omega for that uh, in that moment, and I might have been wrong. I don't know if Hunter says that, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of them does.
1: It really is amazing when you watch these things. What, where your mind goes, and for everybody, it's a little bit different. So I, I love hearing what what comes to mind when people watch these things. I absolutely enjoyed it as well. I love that we got AZ, the return of AZ, the droid on Kamino. Um, I thought he was pretty funny when we got him in the Clone Wars. Um, And he kind of reminded me of Niku from Star Wars Resistance when he was like, is it this that we're looking for? What about this? Is it this? Because Niku does something very similar in Resistance, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, But I'm very excited to see where the story goes. Um, I'm interested to see because uh we have we got some stuff in the trailer. I know some people don't want to I know some people don't want to watch the trailers. They want to be surprised. I think Dan you're one of them. But I yeah. uh there there is a couple things in the trailer that that uh I'm anxious to see how they how they show up. Um and and how some of these other characters uh what role they have to play in it. So definitely a lot to look forward to, and I can't wait to see uh, what else Dave Filoni has in store for us. We would love to know what you guys think of The Bad Batch. If you have any favorite parts, favorite characters, let us know. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a, a message on social media. We'd love to know what you guys think of, of the show so far. And before we go, Dan, uh, you have a, a web show that you're working on. We got a couple of seasons under your belt, but this is uh, Star Wars related. Uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of your listeners probably maybe don't know about the show, so I'll go into a brief detail on how this came about. Um, I'm a huge Darth Vader fan slash collector, so anything Darth Vader you got, send them over to me in California. I'll gladly take it. Um, so I was in a Dave and Buster's one night on a Wednesday night in particular, because that's when they usually do half price game night. And I was looking at the prizes that they had. And one of them was a Darth Vader backpack. But it wasn't just like a backpack with Darth Vader on it. It's almost like a little like teddy bear kind of looking backpack. Like he's, he looks like a doll um, with, you know, straps on the back and a hook. And immediately I knew, okay, I'm going to cash in my my uh, credits for this Darth Vader backpack to add to my collection. So I did that. I brought him home. I jokingly kind of put him in the passenger seat and had him kind of sit there as my passenger. When I got home, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just probably gonna put you inside. You're gonna collect dust somewhere, and you know, like you'll still be part of my collection, but might just keep you sitting here in my passenger seat because I don't normally have a lot of passengers in my car, anyways. So you'll just be my forever passenger. And then one day I'm sitting on Snapchat, and I jokingly, you know, start filming on Snapchat and kind of go, you know, what do you what do you think about this or whatever? And then I point the uh, my phone camera to him. As if he was going to respond. And uh, I did that a few times. And people kind of just started sending me like the laugh emoji. Or saying like, hey, this is really funny. And it kind of sparked an interest into making this a show. And the name of the show is Honk Your Horn. And the reason I came up with that title is because most of the show takes place in the car. And it's just Dan and Vader... Arguing back and forth in a silly way, and that was basically what season one was. It was a, lo- a bunch of different little skits, like Dan going to a job interview, Dan and Vader go to a Cubs game, Dan and Vader do this, do that. They, you know, and it's just—it's a very fun, silly comedy of these two guys just bickering back and forth. So season two came about. And it was all about Dan and Vader during COVID times, you know, wearing masks, finding things to keep them busy during this crazy time. One of my favorite episodes from season two is the mid-season finale, episode five, when they decide to come up with a way to destroy coronavirus. And I'll let you guys watch and see the uh, <laughs> what ideas they come up with to do that. And And so, not too long after we aired season two, we decided, uh, Vader and I, decided that we were going to do a season three, and this particular season has been very crazy. It has a totally new look. The first two seasons is very iPhone-style filming. It's just uh, vertical, and, you know, the edges are cut off, and... That always kind of, I like the nostalgia nostalgia of it, but um, it also kind of bothered me because I am a film major. I like things to be full screen, and I think a lot of people would prefer to see it full screen. So season three is going to be a full screen, horizontal uh, viewing. Uh, the storylines are way more intense. And I think um, the hard work that we put into this particular season is going to definitely show on on screen and I can tell you 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 guys will be the first to know I'm going to just say it right now Uh, this season is basically Dan and Vader moving from Chicago to L.A. You see a lot of their adventures going from Chicago to L.A. in this particular season. And I think you guys are in for a real treat. It's hilarious in so many ways. I was editing uh, episode two a few weeks ago and I was I just was cracking up and I I still crack up to it. Um, I really wanted to kind of. Push the envelope a little. bit. I mean, it's very kid, it's very kid friendly, of course. But you know, I definitely want to throw some things in there um, for adults and um, kind of go be a little bit more um, adventurous with it. And I think you'll see how how I do that in this new season. And, and um, if you want to take a look at uh, the previous two seasons, um, go to you can go on YouTube and type in honk your horn season two. That's the best way for the YouTube page to show up. And then uh, very soon I'll be adding season one to the honk your horn YouTube page. So be looking out for that. And uh, you can also watch it on Instagram uh, season two, but I will be adding season one to that as well. And that's just at honk your horn. Spaces in between and uh, you can watch that. That's where you can find most of our content, um, behind the scenes stuff, photos, clips, and we will be adding new social media pages very soon, Twitter, Facebook, um, and eventually a TikTok page. So we're um, really excited. We're looking, we're looking to release it in the fall, probably September-ish. But that is, uh, yeah, that's, that's the show.
1: Awesome. Yeah, definitely looking forward to season three. I've watched the first two seasons, and, and uh, I'm excited to see what Dan and Vader have been up to. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. And as I'm sure all of our listeners heard, uh, Dan just told you where, where you can find all of his social media pages and content for Honk Your Horn, so definitely check that out. Before we go, Amanda, where can people find us on social media?
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the handle of at Twin Suns Outpost.
1: All right, thanks so much. And, of course, if you guys are looking to f- listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes.
0: And if you guys like our podcast, like what we're putting out there, and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and leave us a positive review.
1: Thank you so much for listening to episode 201 of Twin Suns Transmission. And Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciated your your thoughts and insight on The Bad Batch and hearing about what you did on May the 4th. So uh, thanks again for joining us and hopefully we'll have you on again soon.
2: Yeah, no, thank you, Eric, for having me. I appreciate you uh, having me on, giving you my thoughts and letting me talk about my show that I'm very excited about. And before we sign off, I want to publicly, verbally give Eric a happy birthday. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode is airing, But it's on the 8th of May, and I just want everyone to know that it's Eric's birthday, so make sure that you go wish him a happy birthday, and uh, yeah.
1: Well, thank thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that, and your birthday was only a few weeks back, so happy birthday to you as well, and it just so happens that Amanda, her birthday is the day before mine. So we've got a lot of birthdays here. So happy birthdays all around. You get a birthday and you get a birthday. Everyone gets a birthday. So
0: May is like birthday Oprah month.
2: <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yes. Happy birthday to you, Amanda. I did not forget you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Daniel.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to our show, guys. We'll see you next time. And as always, may the force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you always.
0: Yeah, Master Tassel. It's controlled by the hut.
1: I'll meet you at the rendezvous point on Halloween. This doing my